0: Hey friend, welcome to the podcast, episode two. I am Chase Reeves. Thanks for being here. As I record this, I am in Asheville, North Carolina, exploring with my wife and two kids. We don't know where we're going to live. We've been traveling for three and a half years. We've been living with our friends. What are we going to do? The question of what do we want is on our brains. That's a question that we get into in this episode with New York Times best-selling author, James Clear. This, what, like, what do you want? That's a really, it's a really big question. And it's one of the harder ones to answer in our modern context where you have apparently everything you want right at your fingertips. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote a book called Atomic Habits. In this conversation, we get into things related to your success in life. James is an extremely successful individual, one whose career I have watched for a while now, and I've just been like, bro, (laughs) bro, (laughs) send us some notes from the future. What should I be doing? Enjoy this conversation with James. I'll be back afterwards. To fill in any gaps. How are you? Are you there? Can you hear me? Can you feel me near you?
1: I can. I can feel you right next to me. Your energy is coming through the screen.
0: Oh, good, because I'm just like blasting it out at you. I'm just so fired up about it, man.
1: (laughs) Hey, buddy. My uh, so Christy told me that the only thing I'm not allowed to do is to have a trip to Peru scheduled to you by the end of this call.
0: Okay, got it. Noted. Noted. (laughs) Good good news is we don't have to go to Peru. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Tell her uh, tell her I, I promise. I promise. That's funny, dude. How uh, like so where in the where in the world are you right now? Well,
1: in Ohio. We're posted up at home for the uh, for the pandemic and um, we're gonna go down to Cincinnati and see um, family for Christmas, but otherwise we're just staying staying hunkered down. Oh where are you at? Where
0: we're in Ohio again? Columbus. Columbus, Columbus, and is that like a big city? Is that a little guy? Where, where? How do you feel about it?
1: The biggest, the biggest in the state. Okay. Um, yeah, a couple million people. Three, okay. two, three
0: million. What do you what, so. what do you like about living there? Why do you live there?
1: Family, I think, is probably the main thing. Um, we really liked North Carolina when we were there for a couple years. Mm. Um, but dude, I'm thinking about was, moving to you know, Asheville.
0: Right now? Are you really? Yeah, that's yeah, no, awesome. I, I think we just found a rental that we're going to bump into like early January.
1: Yeah, North Carolina is great. I love all four seasons. So, um, you know, Ohio gets all four and that's great, but I think North Carolina gets the best balance of all four. Mm-hmm. It's like fall is extended, spring is extended. You get some snow, but it's not there for too long. Mm-hmm. Asheville, you might get a little more, you're kind of more in the mountains. A little bit um, more. And you're, you know, a couple hours from the beach, a couple hours from the mountains. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, we went to we, Asheville multiple times when we were down there.
0: We just went for the first time, my buddy and I. We're, we're right now. I'm living in, well, just for another couple weeks or whatever. I'm living for the last four months with another family. Like, so our family and their family, we're in like a 850 square feet, doing like communal living ish, <laughs> which just basically yeah. means like, uh, my f- kids need friends, and there's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: they have little ones too
0: yeah they have four daughters man that's great we're living it up bro we are living up where uh, where's
1: that at are you in north san, carolina or no where we're in is... san
0: diego right now oh yeah okay yeah yeah, so going out to Asheville to see Asheville was like, this is, a, this is like the first time I've been on the West Coast in for fucking ever, you know? Yeah, like Even when I go to yeah. the Me- Mexico, I stay on the West Coast, you know? Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, North Carolina is more of an international trip than Mexico is.
0: It totally is. But I'm, I'm excited to just, we haven't had a, a house that's like hours, hours in a long time, so... We've been on the we've yeah. been traveling for like three and a half years, basically. I know
1: you guys did like the road tripping thing for you were nomadic for a while.
0: Yeah, we're we're. I feel very I feel very qualified to talk about minimalism, James Clear. <laughs> I feel very <laughs> qualified right now. But um, so, how long do I have you for? Do I have you till two o'clock?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do. I do full hour. I can go over a little if you if you want. I don't have anything right afterward.
0: I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to be as professional as possible. But as you know. That is not my strong suit. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like I was just listening to you on uh, Dan, not Dan Rather, but whatever, ten percent happier guy. Dan uh,
1: Rather, Dan, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, what's his name? Dan Harris. Dan yeah.
0: Harris, and then I started the uh, the London Real Guys one as well, and I, which is cool. Uh, yeah. I, I think I said, man, him. I didn't it, know
1: anything about him. He was like super serious, so um, serious,
0: bro. That's yeah, the Ayahuasca yeah. will do that to you, man. But uh, the yeah. like his whole vibe is like. His whole vibe's just funny to me, you know. But he gets big people on there, and he's he's very. But he's serious. That's exactly his vibe
1: is very funny. I mean, I did that one actually in London, and yeah. you know, you go into their studio. It's like this whole thing. I don't know. It, it's interesting. He was like a finance guy for many years, yeah. and like you know, ex Wall Streeter or whatever, yeah. or whatever the equivalent of that is in London. Yeah, and yeah. you uh, you get that vibe. Yeah, it's, like, very intense.
0: Like Sorry, it, like, reminds me of, like, a... It's, like, a Pat Flynn gone wrong. Or right. Like, one of the two. (laughs) For some reason, it's just, like, I created this empire. And now everybody... Like, it's, like, you're, you're like... He's, like... I don't know why it was Pat Flynn, but I guess because, like... Just, like, an example of any of us who have just built an empire online where you was like, I've got you know, here's my website and here's like my vision and my plan. And I'm going to like flex this vision at you. And it's, it's grown and he's done. I think he's done really, really good. It's crazy to see what people are doing. Dude. It's crazy to see what people are doing. It's crazy to see what you do, James. Oh my God. Your book has been on the New York times best selling list for like over a year now. Right?
1: Yeah. It's wild. It's been like, uh, I think last week was the fifty fourth time. So yeah, it's it. I don't know. I honestly, I just want to be on once. You know, yeah. like I, that was that was the big goal when <laughs> the, we launched. Just a dabble, a dabble do. Um, I'm satisfied. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of uh, the other crazy thing is it's sort of out of my hands at this point. Like yeah. even if I try to push it, even if I you know do I don't know some big thing for New Year's or whatever, um, it'll move the needle like five percent. Or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know, there's a bump, but it's not it just has crazy its own thing. life. It's basically just word of mouth at this yeah. point. Like it, it's kind of, it's on its own.
0: Um, so like, interesting. Like, uh, I want you to, I want you to tell me, James Clear, will you tell me about what it has been like to like, to become successful?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let me know when you get there. I'll, I'm curious what it's like. <laughs> I, I, um. I don't know, man. I am very happy that people are finding the work useful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the, when I first started, it wasn't even really... It, w- it was sort of a business because I needed to make money. Like, I, I needed to pay my bills somehow. Yeah. But it wasn't really intended to be a business. It was intended to be like a legacy project. Kind mm-hmm. of like a, hey, I'm just going to build this website so that when I get to the end of my life, I can just point here and say, here's hey, here's all the stuff I created.
0: Yeah,
1: And that was like why I started publishing there was just mm. to have like a central holding ground for that stuff. Right. And then people started to like what I was writing about habits. They, or usually it was more like if I wrote about it, like a more general principle mm. or something, they, mm-hmm. people kind of liked that. I did other posts. I did specific stuff about like how to squat more, or like things about healthcare, or things about, and those just right. didn't go over as well. Yeah. Um, So I just kind of focused where people liked and then that eventually led to writing Atomic Habits. And then the book came out and has kind of taken on a life of its own. And um, I think, you know, uh, there are probably a couple major lessons for me just, you know, and I don't know if I would have said these things early on, but like looking back and connecting the dots, you can sort of see it. Mm. The first thing is all of that early work the, all the work of writing two articles a week for the first three years or building an email list or whatever, like all that stuff I did for like the first five years before the book came out, Mm. that was all building up potential energy that was then like released when the book was launched. So, you know, that early work was actually much more valuable than it felt like in the moment. Like when I was writing, say post number 32 or something, like it didn't really feel that valuable that day right. or that week. Yeah. Um, but actually it ended up being really, really valuable five years later. And so that was probably like a good reminder or example of how things kind of compound and build on each other like that.
0: It makes sense. Um, given the title of the book, That those are the atomic units, sort of those little, those, those individual posts, yeah. right? You know, that's actually
1: one of my favorite things about the book is that in order to write it, I had to live it. Um, yeah. I think there's, I worry a little bit about bloggers becoming, or any kind of content creator, becoming kind of the new version of academics in the ivory tower.
0: Hey, want to break in real quick and tell you that you can find links to anything that we are mentioning here in the show notes. The show notes you can find just in your podcast app or at chasereeves.co. Now, this episode is brought to you by two sponsors. The first is Western Rise, and the second is PACT. Listen, most people are still using pants designed in the 90s. Cotton jeans and chinos that wear out or rip or don't stretch. They're not built to move. Western Rise makes some of the world's most versatile clothing. Their evolution pants are comfortable and high performance. They don't wrinkle or smell or stain and they stretch in every direction. I'm wearing their jacket right now, their air loft jacket. It's one of my favorite things. I have a very minimal closet, and their pants, X cotton shirts, and this jacket are always a staple. So, you know, you do the math on that. Speaking of math, they're giving you 10% off, right? And free shipping and returns when you go to westernrise.com slash... Chase, Okay, that's westernrise.com slash chase and use the code chase. You can click the link in your show notes, right? Isn't that nice? We got the show notes there. You're welcome. Then we're also brought to you by Pact. Pactbags.com. That's P-A-K-T Bags.com. Now, they make a duffel bag, a travel backpack, and a travel coffee kit. Listen, I worked with these people to design... My ideal travel backpack for when I am on those like perfect, like, I don't know, long weekends or even like a couple weeks out in Europe or something like that. It is comfortable to wear. It has a frame around the outside, but it looks great too. Plenty of external access made from recycled water bottles and their duffel bag and their backpack both Separate down the middle, so you have two main compartments, which makes it really great for organization. Listen, I like this bag so much. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I like this company so much. They asked me to help them make a backpack, and we did. We worked together. We had a really successful Kickstarter with it. The backpack is dope. Check it out. You can go to packedbags.com, p-a-k-t bags.com, and use the code Chase Ten for 10% off of your order at pack. That's packedbags.com, P A K T. Thank you to Western Rise and to Pack for supporting this podcast. Okay, let's get back into where James's worry is for anybody making content right now.
1: I worry a little bit about bloggers becoming or any kind of content creator becoming kind of the new version of academics in the ivory tower where Mm -hmm. we just kind of like, we have ideas and we share them, Mm -hmm. but like nobody's actually putting them into practice or seeing how hard it is. So whenever possible, I try to only write about things that I actually use in daily life. So with habits, it's a good pick because I needed to build a writing habit to finish the book. Um, I use habits all the time with gym, the gym and weightlifting and you know, like eating healthy and all that kind of stuff. So there's like all sorts of areas where I can try to practice the ideas And I think that makes them better when you actually write about them because practice forces you to wrestle with what's actually true rather Mm. than what sounds good. Um, If it doesn't actually work in the real world, then it's not really that great of an idea, even if it sounds really compelling and, you know, sexy and sappy. Right. Well, and it seems um, like
0: I I like this point about the, the bloggers becoming the new academics and kind of like, which is to say like, um, like wor- wordy insignificant people, or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like wordy. and I don't think like, everybody matters. You know, we're all a snowflake and stuff. But but the significance of of the the paper that you know some are, academic is writing somewhere compared to well, I don't know. It was like the 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 draw for me is to be as re- to be relevant in some way. Not that I'm trying to be relevant, just like I want to be about things that as you're saying like are consequential that you know that matter right. that affect our regular life.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You mean relevant in the sense of mattering, not necessarily in the sense of like uh popular at this particular moment in time. And the popular at this you know, particular
0: like, moment in time matters too because I've I like I've always studied music. Music was like is my first love, and uh, watching bands rise and fall over time. Like why can why is Aerosmith still around? Is Aerosmith still probably making music or something. They were one of the most relevant decade after decade. That's really strange. That's not I, that's not that doesn't happen all the time, right? Leonard mm. Cohen, right? Leonard Cohen wrote great songs all the way up until the time he died. He was just a real sojourner and he was dropping little notes on the trail that kind of relevancy is is more like what you're talking about they they mattered like their pers- their their um, their exploration of life like f- turned into these little bun- little bits that they made these little pieces of of media i mean we're talking about media james like it's like fucking we're making media and, like, that's probably what your grandkids or your great-grandchildren are going to, like, have about you. Isn't that weird? Isn't that just, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, you are kind of leaving these breadcrumbs of your life through the the work that you create, which is interesting. I I think, to your point about, like, um, the academic, new age academics thing or mm-hmm. bloggers kind of playing that role, I think what it is, and this is not just about bloggers or podcasters or whoever... Um, Oftentimes, people are actually practicing something that's different than what they're talking about. So, for example, you can write whatever you want to write about, and you can have some elegant theory about it. But what you're actually good at is publishing the article. Like that's actually the skill that you're developing Mm. is the skill of like publishing, or Mm. the skill of uh, you know like shipping something, a podcast episode, or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, what you actually know how to do is is that or like in an academic sense the skill that you're actually developing is the skill of publishing a research paper yeah that's the thing that you actually could teach people how to do and you know you know it front to back yeah um the content that's actually inside the research paper we don't know actually if it's true or not unless you're practicing the ideas and so i think there needs to be some alignment between the actions you're taking, the thing you're practicing, and the thing that you're talking about.
0: Well, no, now. no wonder there's so many vloggers who talk about pu- publishing and 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 blogging and shit like that. I'm sure you had a stage of your career where that was like the focus of what you were writing about. Do you? Do, did you have a time like that? Uh, well, I
1: never had a like a uh, make money online blog, um, <laughs> but uh, you know there. Yeah, I don't know. There's that's actually an interesting point too because I feel like that's too far in the opposite direction as well. Where like exactly. you just it, just becomes this circular thing where the only people who are making money are people telling people how to, make, how money. to make money. Yep, and it's yeah. Dude, just, I seriously, people, I feel tra- nobody actually learns anything valuable. But.
0: I feel traumatized a little bit by that, by my years at Fizzle. Like, uh, <laughs> like just, just because, and I do. I, I think I got kind of burnt out. I think I got burnt out. Like slowly realizing over time, like, like I can do this. Some of my friends yeah. can do this, and so and some of these students have been able to do this. But um you know you don't it doesn't feel good to be peddling something in front of people like uh like their whole life's gonna change when it happens for them. And, and if you just keep going, it's it's like, it also felt like it was a little bit like a lost the plot kind of thing. Like now instead of focusing on your life, we're gonna we're gonna focus your life on this thing. And then hopefully one day you'll be able to make a life out of it or something like that. Mm. I
1: think all I'm advocating for is for more practitioners to write about their things. Or if you're gonna write about something to also practice it. Mm. I think that alone would, would solve
0: it. You know, so, if I'm gonna
1: read an article about how to build a rocking chair, I want to read it from a carpenter, mm. not from someone who just has a theory on right. what would make a great rocking chair. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so you should be able to do that in each domain.
0: That feels like the, that feels like the, what the internet's kind of always wanted to be, you know, when, like my, some of my favorite mm. things on YouTube are dudes in the wilderness making like their cabin. Like it's like, it's like, yep. here's, a, here's a 44 minute video. That's the entire winter or summer or whatever I spent building this cabin. There's no talking. They're just sets up some great cameras. Records like I that kind of shit is just so. I've seen that
1: too. There's that one guy who does like the whole house out of clay, and it takes him like six months. And it's just like it's just a time yes. lapse of that for it's it's really impressive. But, I yeah.
0: love it. That kind of stuff where it's also it's just like so like you know Henry David Thoreau or so Walden ponding out there, which is another sort of interesting element of of modern life is 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 connecting back to to our vital, the vital organism of the planet. I think one of the things that has always kept you grounded or has really played, I've heard this in other interviews that you've been on and also in just seen it through your life throughout time. It's like, man, weightlifting has just been a central part of your... You can't cheat it. You can't,
1: you know, I, I like stuff that you... I like things that are an honest signal. There, there's a lot of things that can be really fake signals um, in life. And so some of those are like, you know, you could... Own a Ferrari, and it's like, well, maybe you're rich, or maybe you can yeah. just uh, afford to take out a huge loan and make the monthly payment. Like yeah. we don't actually know, um, or have a big house or whatever. And there, you know, the the more expensive things get, the more of an honest signal it tends to be of of wealth. But uh, with weightlifting, it's just it's really hard to cheat. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard. Even if, you, even if you started taking steroids tomorrow, yeah. it'd be very hard actually to deadlift 700 pounds. Like yeah. it would just, it's just, it, just because you started taking them does not allow you to immediately cheat the system. You so, still
0: need to put the reps in. It makes um, me think like, how and, did you, how did you, how do you, I picture you pacing yourself with weightlifting, for example, I picture you being, I always
1: think uh volume before intensity. And mm-hmm. I feel like you you see that with weight li- weightlifting forces you to practice that. Like mm-hmm. if you if you try, well, first of all, I should just say I think this is a bigger principle mm-hmm. that I feel like applies to a lot of life. This yeah. idea of volume, or we could call it consistency before intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a lot of people think oh what i really need is a silent meditation retreat and if i go on that then it'll just like give me enlightenment or whatever yeah. it's like well actually like have you practiced meditation at all before you know yeah. like have you have you even done it for 5 minutes mm-hmm. maybe just doing a few reps or you know doing it for a couple of days or a week or two that consistency that volume will build up your ability uh, to probably get the most out of that full week of silent meditation. If you yeah. were to go into that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, people like, Oh, I'd love to run a marathon. That's a cool goal. I, you know, like it's, I always think it's impressive when people do that, mm-hmm. but actually, you know, the marathon, it's very hard to handle that unless you have the consistency of running and training each week. Yeah. Um, you know, if anything, you probably injure your body more. Mm. So uh, you often need consistency or you need volume before you get intensity and, uh, writing same way, you know, like in theory, you could sit down and just hammer out a book if you've never written anything before. Mm-hmm. But I do think starting a blog or a journal or whatever it is and writing, you know, daily for 10 minutes or, uh, publishing an article every week for the first year or something there, it builds up a muscle. It builds up the capacity to handle the more intense work. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, weightlifting definitely has been like that for me. I mean, I, I was like the small skinny kid when I was, um, you know, growing up. And uh, so it took me a long time. I kind of feel like that's sort of a theme actually throughout my life is that mm. I'm usually pretty slow to start, but I just don't stop. And so then you turn around like five or 10 years later and you're like, wow, look at that. And you're just kind of surprised by the um, where you can get to if you just keep showing up day in and day out. Yeah. Um, and so weightlifting definitely been like that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I think that that uh, that principle of I just didn't stop, or that like realization of I just didn't stop, and like that you know don't the Bible says don't despise the day of humble beginnings, right? It's like this this like which is so hard today.
1: The hardest so, thing is patience. the The work, the actual work on any given day. I was just thinking about this today. I so I just. I've been pretty good about weightlifting for years. I've been pretty good about getting enough sleep. The one area that I have slacked on has been eating well, or, or even just tracking what I eat, like Mm. forget about eating well, just like even knowing what I'm actually eating. Yeah. And, uh, I've changed that the last couple of months. I've, you know, what am I? One, two, three, about, about four months in Mm. to, uh, actually tracking what I'm eating each day. And I don't know what it was, but I tried a couple new things, but uh, eventually I got over the hump of it. It used to just be a real pain and I just didn't want to do it. You know, Mm. it's just annoying. Yeah. Um, But now I don't really see it that way. So I've figured out something that seems to work for me. And um, anyway, the thought that I had is like, I've made steady progress now um, in terms of, uh, you know, lean body mass and losing weight and all this other stuff that people care about. Um, And it was really boring pretty much the whole time. Like there's no any, there was no individual day where something radically amazing happened. Mm. Um, And so my little mantra is just have one good day. Like I just, just try to have a good day today. Mm. Um, Mm. And if I do that, I know that when I get to the end of the week, like I'll probably have some small, but reasonable change in my body and it will moved, you know, slightly toward, whatever it is we're working toward. yeah. And the hardest part of all that is patience because yeah. the work on any given day is actually not that hard. Yeah, It's, it's actually not that challenging to do it for one day. Yeah, wow. But the problem is you do it for one day and you feel like that didn't really make any difference. I think about this all the time with uh, with writing the book. Like, I'm working on a second book now and it feels like it's a million years away from being finished. Mm. And the problem with working on any book is that you sit down and the manuscript is a complete mess, and you work on it for six hours, and then the manuscript is t- still a complete mess. You mm. have no signal that you've made any progress, mm. but you need to keep showing up and doing that each day. And if you do it for like two years, you end up with a book that's yeah. done at the end. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. But it just is so hard to be that patient when it just feels like a total mess every day. And there's so many things that are like that.
0: It brings to, it brings to, uh, to me, it brings, because uh, like I, I 100% agree. It's so true. And it's such like the hard thing to teach somebody. It's a hard thing once you've learned it. You know, once you've already like, I've learned that lesson. I've, like, I lived that. Yeah. I lived, <laughs> I did that shit for six years or whatever, like every day. And then. You learn it and then you like, maybe you get a break and coming back to it for me actually feels quite soul crushing in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. I can love my wife and my kids every single day. It's, it's a little bit of a personal goal of mine. I'm not the best in the world at it, but, um, but I'm fucking there, dude. Like, I'm, I'm there. I'm not checked out. I'm here. Like, I haven't, like, it, like, which is a lot, <laughs> which is a lot sometimes, but, even when you've learned this lesson of coming again and again and again every day, especially with creative work and especially with creative work where you're hoping to get a pay, a paycheck from it, you know, where you're wanted, Mm. you want to like, it probably feels the same showing up to Chick-fil-A every day, right? Like that kind of like incessant grinding, just like, when am I, when is this going to be done? But that, Showing up every day and doing the little thing, and then having the patience to do it again tomorrow, and do it again tomorrow, and do it again tomorrow, and it requires to me now. It requires you better have a fucking good direction you're heading towards, like this yeah. book that you're writing. Like, I hope it's going to be no, relevant no, I'm with in, you. Yeah,
1: I'm starting to think the most important thing is to know what you want, hmm. and that sounds very simple. But it's actually most people will know what they want generally. They know I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I'd like to have a good marriage. I want to, you know, my kids do well in school. I want whatever. Like we've got these general things, you know, but very few people specifically know what they want Mm. Um, and know what they want. Like that's authentic and genuine to them. That's not inherited from society or inherited from the people around them. That isn't copied from the desires of others or whatever. Yeah. And figuring out the answer to that, like what do I actually want and then distilling it in a way that is, Actionable, so you can say, I want this, and these are the steps I would need to take it. Yeah. If you like, honestly, it could take you a decade just to get a good answer to that. Yeah. But if you have a good answer to it, then the, the choices become much easier hmm. because you know what's authentic to you, you know what feels right and genuine. Yeah. and you know what steps to take. It usually, this is the other thing that's shocking to me because I've only had a good answer to that for like little fleeting periods of my right. life. I've never had a good answer that's been you know yeah. for 10 years straight or whatever. Yeah. But when you do have those pockets of clarity, it's actually not that hard to do them. Like mm. it's it, usually the steps are something that's within your ability. It's mm. not, it's very rare that the steps where it's like, I know exactly what I want and I know exactly what steps to take. And oh, I just, I don't have the capability to do any of them. Like mm. i I actually don't know that I've ever had that situation mm. I've had. There's always at least something I could do to move toward that thing. Yeah. The question is just, do I clearly know what I want? Mm. Um, because so many, so much of the time, Effort is wasted, chasing status signals, copying the desires right. of others, continuing yeah. the status quo, letting the momentum of what you were doing before carry you forward, and then you're still doing this thing, even though you don't really know why. Um, and that type of stuff, it just it sucks up who knows how much, 50, 60, 80% of our days. Yeah. I don't know. Just like a lot of time is spent on things that are, sort of what you want, but not specifically. And figuring out a good answer to that is hard, but I think really important.
0: So I mean, how many times in my life, I love that you that you say that I've had good answers to that for little pockets of my life. But it hasn't been this longer, which every time I try to come up with an answer to that question, I'm looking for that longer thing. You know, what's very common in, like, Mm. the Stephen Covey or Tony Robbins worlds? it's like you have a one-year, a three-year, a (laughs) five-year, a ten-year vision. My dad, that's what my dad did. He had a piece of paper that he had, like, curled up in his desk or something somewhere. He'd pull it out and review – probably reviewed it every day for, like, close to a year, right? And then it was just – and he was just on the – on his way by that point, you know, and it's it, that, like data wise, that kind of thing works. I tell you what though, I do not like to take orders from myself. I, what I want, hmm. James, is I want to be spontaneous and I want to, I want to, I want to be in the moment and having a blast. I want to be dynamic and, uh, and like all the things that I find myself just kind of naturally being. So back to yeah. that, like, you know, seven years ago Leo Babauta and Tim Tim Ferris at some tea shop in San Francisco having a debate over should you set goals or not? You know, and Leo's just like, No, you need to absolutely dissolve all your goals. And Tim's like, You absolutely have to have goals. Like very few <laughs> people know about that conversation or that video or that moment. But what's funny is it's like it's literally like East versus West. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's it's so it's so ancient that question about what I call wizarding, you know, wizarding is, is casting intentions into the future and building something that doesn't exist there yet, you know, mm. but that set, which is, you know, which is why meditation and it's, and like, it feels like so much of the lessons that I learned there is actually, dude, the only, the only thing to do is to be with what is, It's to just, just mm. like your life. There's a great book by a guy named Parker Palmer, tiny book. It's a, it's called let your life speak, right? And Mm. that in and I I love books when it's like the title of the book is the, you don't need to read it. (laughs) Like it's like, if you, (laughs) the whole message is there. (laughs) It's right there. It's like, all right, here, let me spend a hundred pages telling you what the title means. I just think that is so good. It's so good. But that let your life speak thing is like, be with what is, what's already happening? What's, what's been happening long before you were conscious of it? What, like, so what Hmm. I'm going to come up with some idea about what I want because why, like you were saying, uh, comparing myself to social cues, looking for some sort of status and looking for all this stuff that's just so, it's like so trendy and, Doesn't last long.
1: Well, these things that you're mentioning are kind of uh, tied to what I would say is a good answer to what knowing what you want. Mm. So, like what you mentioned about I want to be spontaneous, I want to be engaged, I want to be in the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know that is uh, there's some level of self awareness that's baked into that answer from you, Mm. which is you know you just said like those are all the things I kind of find myself being a lot of the time anyway. And I think that's part of what it means to have a good, you know, it's going to differ for each person, mm. but that's part of what it means to have a good answer to that question is you need to have self awareness. You need yeah. to know like what is, what am I attracted to when I, when I don't have to do anything? What's the what's the thing that I kind of tend to do? Mm. Like that might be part of a good answer. Yeah. Um. When I when are the moments? If I was going to pick a moment, if I had to pick like a three hour window from the last year when I felt most alive what was I doing during that time? Yeah. Um, and you know, like that might be part of the answer. Um, and it can't just be any one of those things, but you're just trying to get a little closer to yeah. knowing, knowing what you want also requires you to know who you are. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know who they are. They just are inheriting whoever everything they see from everybody right. else. Yeah. And they think, well, maybe if I want that, maybe if I, uh, you know, it becomes very easy to accumulate these desires from other people, and you think, "Oh, maybe if I get that, then I'll I'll have what I want." But you need to the introspection needs to be deeper.
0: I want to do a startup. I want to I want to have a good body. I I, I want to be with a hot chick. Uh, I want to. I want to – it's like culture is a predefined, a predetermined set of these desires that it's asking you to just install on your system, which, by the way, it comes, like, by default. It's like – the those. remember those, Remember when computers used to come with, like, just loads of shit on them, like the, the PCs? There would be just, like, so much shit that these companies had made partnerships with Microsoft or whatever. You had to go through – I used to do that all the time. I just – I loved it, actually, going through a brand-new computer and just deleting all this shit that you didn't need, you know? it's like that's required for modern life to do this well to do it at any level where hmm. uh, self-awareness is going to be for uh, like you're mentioning self-awareness as a critical element in knowing what you want well that's not actually like you're not going to find that nobody gets an award for that at the MTV Music Awards you know but every that's mother- a really
1: interesting point that like there are all these social norms that are like little pieces of software that come preloaded yeah into the you know the social brain of life yeah, and unfortunately, just by being part of culture, you are indoctrinated or you download all of those programs, and a good portion of them you may not need or may not be authentic to you and so it's partially your job or the part of the job of becoming an adult is to go through that software and to figure out how many of these do I need to delete how many of these things do I need to unlearn because they actually not only do they not serve me or aren't that useful for my daily life, they may actually create a variety of limiting beliefs or hold me back in some way that, that's right. know, I'm not
0: even aware of right now. Yeah, and I call that spiritual work. Mm. That's that's what I think spiritual work actually is. Is uh, you know that's where gods live. That's where the collective unconscious lives. That's where uh, family of origin, you know, emotional patterning is. That's where uh, what kinds of things are, are are honored in your culture. Like, it's like, oh, guess what? If you're like this, if you're like that, like all of that stuff, that's spiritual work, baby. That's coming back hmm. to, that's like, you know, the road back to you. Another, another book that has a great title, but I haven't read it. It's about the Enneagram. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Have you ever done any giggling? I,
1: I am, but not super familiar. I have. Of course know it and know that it's this personality test and it has this cult like following and so on, but I, I don't know uh I, I haven't done the full test. I did, so, you know, I uh, was with some friends one time. And some uh, some of them were really into it. And so we did like kind of a quick one. And I'm like, a, you know, I feel like I'm all the numbers, which is the problem. Then you can have wings and then you can have, you yep. know, whatever, yep. all these other yep. things. And I've got so I do got all remember, kinds of sets of wings.
0: Do you remember where you landed, where, where they where they pinned you? No, I don't remember which yeah. one. I don't even remember
1: what the numbers mean.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't need like it. It's like it's. What I love about it is it's a, it's good social technology. It's good technology for self awareness, honestly. And it was actually Donald Miller way back in the day who got me into it because he was like, "I love looking at this for coming up with character ideas, for like putting mm. giving characters desires based on these, you know." And, and it like that it was a good,
1: good. Yeah, that seems like it could be a really good writing tool. Totally, good I writing like that tool. it creates a common language. Absolutely, you know, it's hard for people to discuss themselves to get to know each other, and uh, you know, so if you're sitting around with six people people, and you're all talking about that, you have a common language for discussing it yeah. and sharing your problems and ideas and thoughts and all that kind really of stuff.
0: Really powerful. Really powerful. Super powerful for that. Maybe too powerful for that, James. Like, it's one of those things that, as it's become more and more trendy, you say, I kind of resonate with all the types. Like, that's always been sort of the point of the Enneagram. It's like, the more like your type you are, the less healthy you are. Right? The more integrated <laughs> you are, the more the more like all these other things you are. Right? Which is, But it's also funny because I go so my wife's really into it. You know, we've got some other friends that have been really into it and it's been a helpful tool for self-awareness. I do I do have to admit that that like I would not encourage necessarily people to get into it because it's not going to solve any of your problems. Um and at the same time, it is nice to have that shared common language with my spouse or with you know, whatever. It's neither here nor right. there except for the fact that it can play a role in this um self-awareness piece of of like I don't know, I'm still just just vibrating on that idea of like you going, I really you really need to figure out what you want. Like having a good answer to what you want, which to me connects to the very first question asking you about, like, what has it been like to become successful? Right? And it's like, mm. well, let me know when when you get there. And it's like, well, one thing is I mean one of the classic old school things we always used to say to 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 each other probably and to all of us in the blogging world back in the day was you got to define success. You got to define your own version of success. You know, you got to, you got to come up with your own answer to what it means to be successful. And I see in this question of what do you want as like, a, a little bit of a trick to helping you define success, except for the fact that it's no trick at all. Because I, I've long said that that I, there's lots of fizzle shows where I said like the hardest thing in modern life is to figure out what you want. That's the, I think the yeah. hardest thing be, because of like the, the stuff we've been mentioning, the, the call, all the comparison, all the social cues, all the.
1: Well, the other thing that's difficult about that, and it's baked into the question you just asked, and it's probably been baked into the way that I've been talking about it for the last couple of minutes, is that saying the hardest thing is to figure out what you want makes it sound like you just need to figure it out once. But actually I think it's like this. I mean, the world is dynamic. It's not static, right? So like we all people evolve, the situation evolves, the environment evolves, the culture evolves. Yeah. And so, um, you know what I want, whatever the good answer is to that right now we can be sure that it's different than what I would have answered five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different, you know, after you're married than before you're married, it's different after you have kids than before you have kids different after you start a business than before you start a business. So there are all kinds of things that um, you used to want that you don't want anymore or things in your future that don't seem interesting to you now, but maybe you in 10 years will be very interested in that. So I think actually, uh, and I, you know, again, I could learn a lot with this. I think I'm just kind of slowly coming to this realization. It's a habit. It's a cycle. It's a process. Like this is something, this question, what do I really want? Yeah. And trying to figure out the answer to that, it's not really an answer as much as it is a practice. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's like meditation. It's like working out. It's like writing. It's like all that stuff, yeah. you know, like you need to continue to revisit it each morning. And, uh, so it's more like, what do I want today? Or what do I want in this month or year? It speaks to the difficulty of what you said earlier about the whole Tony Robbins, like what's your five year, what's your 10 year, whatever, like My 10 year plan, if I came up with it today, it might make sense, but in 10 years, it probably wouldn't make any sense.
0: No, but that's also like the, it's like, it's also not the point of coming up with a 10 year plan, right? As I always think of like field notes, you know, that Mm. little, the little, the little booklets, right? The whole point of those was uh, it came from Jim Kudal, one of my sort of original hero entrepreneurs. He was like, his dad would make all these little notes all over the place. And he's and he to his dad like, Dad, why are you writing this stuff? You're never going to find this note. He's like, I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. Like this mm. sense that like writing it down was the work, not finding it later necessarily, which is like, it's a bonus because it's in the environment, you can maybe find it. But uh, like the like sense of like writing it down is the work of remembering it now. It just gets like that. I just, that stuck with me so much. And so the idea of putting together a five or 10 year goal or dream or plan is like about the work of, of just imagineering, like my friend calls it pre membering pre-membering like like you're you're remembering before it happens like you're in and again to that wizarding like you're reaching into the future with with what your feelings like we both spoke at that convert kit uh conference my whole my like talk about books that have a title you don't have to read the rest of the thing (laughs) like the title of my talk was like if you can't start feeling it now you won't feel it then This idea Mm. of like success of of like satisfaction in like like if you can't start feeling it now you won't feel it then it's that that's that's the only that's what I've learned about five and ten year goals is like what do you want to like I would change that question at least at certain points in my life I change that question of what do I want to how do I want to feel. Because, you know, yeah. as an Enneagram 4, like a lot, anybody who knows the Enneagram, they're like, yep, that's exactly what you changed that to, you fucking jerk. But, like, <laughs> but, but my wife, that was my impression, I my wife, actually. But the, the, that sense of like, how do you want it to feel, to me, opens up yep. a whole world of like, oh shit, yeah, of like these body, a little more of an embodied experience instead of just like accolades and boxes checked.
1: It raises an interesting question about long-term thinking. Like we're talking about these things that are difficult to do, like knowing what you want. Mm. Long, thinking long-term is very difficult for people to do, even mm. if you know thinking long-term is valuable. Yeah. And but it kind of makes me what you're saying here makes me think the value of writing out a ten-year plan is getting you to think long-term in the moment. It's not actually hitting it in ten years. Mm. So yeah. it's yeah. the same kind of thing. It's like it's getting you to do it today. It's getting you to act in a way. That moves you toward where you want to be in ten that's years right. that's actually the value is today it's yeah. not actually what'll, where what'll happen in ten yeah. years because you 'll do that same exercise next week or uh, next year, and what your ten will be on the ten year plan is a little bit different, but you still get the value because you're acting long term
0: yeah um, right.
1: and so there's yeah there's some benefit to Writing down the note or making the plan or whatever, uh, because it changes the way you behave right now, not Mm -hmm. because it gets you what you want in some future, you know, decade.
0: Yeah, which to me is like, I remember I've it's like vision and direction to me are interchangeable. And when you think mm-hmm. about how you were saying, I've got to show up today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, and it's like as I'm writing this book, it just feels like nothing's actually adding up. But when I look at my last book, it was all these little individual writings that like contribute to make a thing. And it's like, okay, so what direction are we writing towards? Like, to, So the vision of what we want to have happen, to me, it almost makes more sense directionally. Like, uh, yep. like, we're, waiting- I
1: actually think that's, I didn't say this earlier, but I think that's the answer to your whole Leo versus Tim debate, East uh-huh. versus West, no yeah. goals versus goals. Yeah. Is it's actually less about specific goals and more about direction. Yeah. It's much more about like being directionally correct because nobody can specifically predict the future. So, this yeah. whole idea of like, I want to bench press 300 pounds by my 35th birthday, or I want to yeah. make six figures within two years of launching a business or I want to, whatever it is yeah. that's just made up. You're just trying to predict the future. Nobody actually knows. Yeah. But if it gets you moving in the right direction where you're not missing workouts or you're starting a business and you're shipping content every week or whatever, yeah. you're building yeah. a product, then that's actually very valuable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think focusing much more on direction than on uh, deadline or result Mm-hmm. Uh, is probably a good way to approach it.
0: I am, I am, I'm, I'm sort of processing a question I want to ask you around like, well, first of all, I'm excited for you at some point in your life to explore a psychedelic experience because you haven't at this point, right? No, I'm not. The, uh, at some point
1: and, you're going to wear me down.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not fucking fishing for you. You'll it'll it'll find you. <laughs> sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar eats you. But not because there's anything for you to learn. What I like about you so much is that you have uh, so much of a of a grasp on things, a very humane grasp, like that is very grounded. I, like your point, you keep coming back to about the future is not predetermined. Like it's developing, and you're actually an element in the future that will be like that will come to fruition, you know, that mm. is, that is a very psychedelic concept. Like for me, like, I just add
1: on to that real quick. Yeah. Cause you've been using this term like wizarding or imagineering or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like this whole idea that like the future is not determined. That actually is another really important point about knowing what you want, mm. because I think a lot of people, so previously we've been talking about inheriting beliefs from other people, but there's another side of this, which is that, people want something, but they limit themselves from getting it. Mm. They put their own mental roadblocks in the way because they think that's not realistic. That's not possible. I don't have the ability to do that. I don't know anyone who does that. Blah, blah, blah. I've never seen it done like that before. Whatever the example is. Yeah. Right. But, um, if you actually know what you want, you can often start reverse engineering from that wizarding process from Mm -hmm. that imagineering process. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that you like. People are more, much more capable than they realize. Yeah. Um, Human brain and the human mind are incredibly flexible. The uh, human body and your skill set is incredibly malleable. Yeah. You can achieve very remarkable things if you know specifically what you want and you remain focused on it and do that whole thing where we said, just show up and have a good day today. Right. right. Um, you give yourself enough time and your uh, direction is clear enough, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised by what you can accomplish. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, again, I haven't had any psychedelic experiences, so I can't speak to its ability to do this, but you know, it seems to be a fairly common narrative that it helps remove some of those barriers, some of those mental limitations, some Mm. of those that negative self-talk, some of the internal monologue that maybe prevents us from realizing these things that we could imagine and we could attack or we Mm. could go after if we just got out of our own way. Yeah. And uh, that is another part of knowing what you want is like, allowing yourself to want it yeah. uh, rather than rather than getting in your own way absolutely which- all kinds of examples of that happening for almost everybody.
0: Yeah, no, and it, you, you, you speak well on it for someone who's never been in a, in a journey like that because, uh, yes, it's almost like some people talk about it as like a reset for the brain. That's not really the, the model that I like so much. Like these barnacles that sort of like attach to the bottom of your vessel as you sail through time. Mm. The things we were talking about like cultural uh, norms and things you're supposed to want and like uh, the comparisons it can be really helpful for getting those dislodged from you know, the, the brainstem where basically you have a blindness that's always been there you didn't even know about and and that so that can make some pretty radical changes. But f- for the most part it can it can also be just like a you know one of the most impressive experiences of it is just like Jesus, I didn't know that was there. What else do I not know about the fucking world? You know what I mean? Like I didn't know <laughs> that this could this, like that I but it's like what else? Like I know way less about what happens after we die now. You know, it's way more of a it, it, like. <laughs> you can feel mystery. Do you know what I mean? You can you can literally sense the quality of mystery and uncertainty as 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 maybe it's not it's neither positive nor negative, but it's certainly present in a way that before it was like it's like travel. It's like literally I'm calling this podcast travel light. You know, because, hmm. b- because like, you know, we can take some, we can take some substances and go on and have some light travel. You know what I mean? Travel through light. Or you just go traveling. I mean, the, they always, they call them trips. You know, it's a psychedelic trip. You're someone who has gone on <laughs> so many trips as a photographer out in the world, which is always something that has surprised me. It's like, what is this guy just? Coming up with ideas of places to go. It's like, yeah, I want to go take my camera there and take pictures and shit. And like, and like what I do for a living right now, talking about basically minimal living and highly curated lifestyles, like specifically bag and travel oriented um, topics. Like, you have one of the cornerstone contents of the web. About (laughs) that very thing, traveling with the Tom Bin synapse, right? Like it's like, and like, here's what I take with me. Like it's like, you traveled with the 19 liter synapse, right? It's like not the big one. So it's 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 this mindset is already like well installed or well like you've you've gotten hooked on it, right? You've gotten hooked to this sense of like I don't bring very much with me because. I'm more capable of experiencing what I find there, maybe. What, is, what was that for you? So,
1: well, first of all, there's a thought that came to me as you're talking through this, which is that pretty much every thought you have is downstream from what you consume which I think is why it's so important to like curate your social media feed or right. to think carefully about the books you're reading or the blogs you're reading yeah. or the podcast you're listening to or whatever it is, yeah. because those things stimulate the thoughts that you have in the next moment. Yeah. And so in a sense, when you're choosing who to follow on Twitter, or when you're choosing what book to read, you're kind of choosing your future thoughts. And so it's very important in that sense. Now, if we just stretch that out a bit and think about it more broadly, what we're really saying is that the first thing that happens is you observe. So in some case, we're talking about observing a tweet or observing a podcast by listening to it or whatever. But with your mention of this like psychedelic experience here, we're like, whoa, what else is out here in the world? Yeah suddenly you realize that you are observing new things, right? You're, you're noticing something novel about life or the environment or whatever that you missed before. Yeah. And once you realize that once you notice it and like the curtain has been pulled uh, to the side, then yeah, I can see how it inspires that sense of wonder and awe where you're like, what else is out there? You know, like I, this has been in front of me this whole time and I haven't noticed it. What other mysteries are lying out there that I'm not observing right Mm. now? Mm -hmm. and you're right the experience of travel which is hilarious to me that you're like they call it trips um (laughs) they uh so on the nose (laughs) it's so
0: on the nose (laughs) It's just like oh yeah (laughs) it's so good
1: (laughs) but yeah you go to a new place you land in a new city and you start walking around and you start observing you start noticing things that you didn't notice before it's um enough of a shock to the system it's different enough from your everyday environment that you're not blind to all the little stuff that you overlook, you don't think about the street that you walk down a thousand times, but man, you go to a new city and you walk down that street, you go to a new country and you're like picking up all kinds of things. Everything is, everything takes on a new quality. Mm. You know, it's like, Oh wow, this is interesting. This is cool. This is different. Yeah. And so I think it heightens your, uh, it heightens your sense of awareness, but it also increases your respect for the interestingness of the world. It makes Mm -hmm. the world more interesting and curious, you know? And I feel like that is a, if we're going to buy into this little theory that I just tossed out there, that everything you think is downstream from what you consume, Mm. then it means observing, uh, and consuming and experiencing things is the first part of all that. It's a really important piece. And so Mm. the more that you can notice stuff, um, the better, the more that you can notice interesting things, the more likely it is that you will think interesting things. Mm. And, um, I think that that is one reason why I like to travel light. Part of it is it's just less of a pain in the ass. Like I just don't want to have to cart all this stuff around. Yeah. Um. But the other part is, yeah, I got, I have fewer things to worry about. Fewer yeah. things dragging me down. Yeah. And so I can be more engaged or more present or more, uh, you know, make better observations, uh, right. be more in the moment and in the environment. Yeah. And uh, usually interesting things happen when you're curious and um, noticing uh,
0: the things that are around you. Yeah. No, I love it. I just, I think it's so I think it's so fun that, that you you travel with that Synapse 19 and that you're just like, we're such fucking nerds. Like, I went through every item you mentioned in that for the listener out there, James has has always done this, like, ahead of a, a blog post, it's like, here's what I travel with, right? And it's like, every item, it's like this is my toiletry kit, and here's the toothbrush that I use, <laughs> you know, it's like and I've <laughs> gone through, there's definitely been times where I've like, just like been, you know, com- command clicking things into new tabs, and then I would just spend the rest of the day sort of like taking calls and then going in through the different tabs and going like, Oh yeah, I'll try these wool socks.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. No. John Schultz was like, we're all messed up. We all own like the same pair of underwear. We all got the same, like this is just we, we, we we all need help. Like this is an obsession. We got got to get this figured out.
0: I love it. It's so good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back the other way. I do find that people in life, like, like I think about life and, and the, the, the things that I have way different than a lot of, a lot of the, the regular people in my life, for lack of a better term, right? Just by nature of living on the internet the way that we have, you know, I've traveled a bunch the last four years and, and been with mostly people who do not work on the web. Like living in Portland, going from almost all my friends work on the web in some meaningful way to going away from that and almost none of my friends work on the web, but they all want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you noticed this? Have you noticed this in the world, James, that everybody in the world, like the most... More kids want to be a YouTuber than an astronaut nowadays. By like, yeah, that's by massive orders of magnitude, like orders of magnitude. Right? It's not even a comparison anymore. This mm. this question of of you know, and then and then you watch like the social dilemma, and you 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 learn about the technology. and We're all getting hip to the fact that it's like, oh my god, when we're when we're not paying for a service, we're the pro- we're like. We're the product, you know, like we're being sold. We're the ones who are being sold. Mm. Um, and what does that do to us? What, what is it? What is that incentivizing in us and all that stuff in our society just feels, I don't know. I, I, like I'm, I'm almost 40. And so this is, I feel like I'm just now coming into like finally being a big boy in some ways and so i'm paying more attention to the world also i like i'm not not like on purpose i just find my, myself actively scanning headlines of newspapers a lot more i find myself actively you know mm. and politically obviously we can't ignore right it's just like we <laughs> well
1: you know there's that uh there's that quote where it's like life really does begin after 40 before that it's just research Yeah, and uh, i was like oh that's interesting like i yeah i kind of been I'm in this you feel like you're doing all this stuff, but I don't know. You yeah. always look back on yourself and realize, I feel at least for me, yeah. I feel like I always look back on who I was like two years ago. And I'm like, man, I was such an idiot. And then like yeah. two years pass, and you're like, man, I was such an idiot. And yeah. you're like, I hope at some point I'll get this figured out, but I don't know. Maybe it's a good sign because you're growing, but also it makes me think like, I wish I could, not keep looking back on myself and thinking I was an idiot. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. But yeah, there's this, there's definitely this, um, there's this phase of research and coming into yourself and it takes so much longer than you would think it takes. Um,
0: Well, life is, life is kind of longer than we conceive of. You know, everybody says like life is short, but like, man, it it, it keeps going, you know? And like, like Mm. I I mentioned the, the ayahuasca partly because like, I know that like I kind of have that reputation in some ways even though I haven't I haven't done these things very much like I'm terrified of them every single time and it's because it's because of that kind of thing it's like you go you come out you survive an experience like that and you you come out going like fuck dude life life sometimes it feels like life's really short and sometimes it feels like it just goes it's like having kids yeah. like you have a brand new baby girl right congratulations yep. by the way and it's like guess what thank you that's not going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Like you're, I, uh, one of my
1: friends, her grandma has this saying where she's like, life is short, but life is also really long. You have to live with your choices. And I always think about that. Like there's, you know, there are a lot of choices we make that are very sticky, uh, yeah. like that. And they, you know, they show up again and again, day in and day out. So you need to be, you need to be careful. Maybe it's about distinguishing which decisions are reversible and which are irreversible. Mm. And you need to be very careful about distinguishing between the two because they require very different strategies. Yeah. Um, But if you have a decision that's hard to reverse, you need to think carefully about that choice because that's one of those situations where, yeah, you could get into a, a spot where life feels like it's long.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you cannot reverse James Clear the publishing of your book Atomic Habits, because I think you know full well how many people have been affected by that thing. Like you like, sorry, you're a leader now. Like, sorry, you're like a spiritual teacher basically. And oh, so God. And so it's just it's like, I'm glad you can't roll back the clock on that and that that you've set yourself up with such a firm foundation for 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 where you'll go next. I mean, like I remember meeting you back in the day at WDS and just going, like, Oh, who's this tall drink of water? And like, and you just kind of like, we're cool. You just kind of fit right in and just like, you, you never were a hassle. And i like, I didn't know anything about you, you know, And you know, fast forward. I love
1: that though. That I, re- I still remember that night. You were like, uh, so in your prime, you know, uh, we're in your city. You're playing host. Mm-hmm. You're like taking us around to your favorite cocktail bars and stuff. You yeah. like know the bartender and like this is exactly what you should order. I was like, man, I love this guy's energy. It was just <laughs> so great. You're like such a good host. I was like, I love this city. This right is awesome. On. I'm having a great time.
0: Right on. I love that. Well, thank you, James Clear, for your time, brother. Congratulations on the success and wishing you all the best on making those little in like those little uh, investments every day towards the next book. Uh, do you have, uh, do you want to, do you want to like let us know where we can find you?
1: Um, yeah, no, thank you for, uh, for the chance to chat. It's always great to catch up. Um, if you want to get more of my habits related stuff, then atomic habits is probably the best place to start. So that's just at atomichabits.com. And if you want to check out the newsletter or just poke around some of the article, uh, other articles that I've written, then JamesClear.com is, uh, the place to go. So that should get you all set.
0: Right on. Okay. That was great, man. I loved, I love catching up with you, dude. Good work. CPR. This is
1: awesome. Thanks man.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Break a leg, keep doing what you're doing uh fucking, you know, wash your butthole, all that stuff. And if you do ever want to have like a large, uh, a large experience of your nature uh, that you never have had before, obviously holler at me. I won't be. I, I don't think sure. I should be facilitating anything for you. But like there's places <laughs> all over the U.S. that you can go get like a little mix of psilocybin and uh, LSD, for example, or like psilocybin with a little MDMA. Like, there's so many fun, very safe things out there. I mean, you, you're you a student of the research, and so you could do all the, the – re- the you can go, you know, get yourself convinced of the safety of it. But, like, there also is never anything really that safe about going into your brainstem and finding what's mm. there, you know, because – like I'm sure you you may you may have heard of like what Tim Ferris was getting into, <laughs> so, like he's like, oh shit, I forgot this happened to me and it determined my entire life. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's not good that sometimes there's that yeah. stuff in there. But like you know, <clears throat>
1: yeah, there are demons that you can unearth. That's, you can that's interesting.
0: So like you know, but at the same time, to feel like uh, the place that you the body that you have and the life that you have and the world that you're in is actually right where you're supposed to be. There's a whole mm. other. There's a whole other level yeah. to that as well. But like my all of my research basically has led me to God, what like, a
1: gift to not feel like you need to be anywhere else. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. that to to be and again that's one of those things that I've felt but only for windows of time. You know, you yeah. you don't feel it for 10 years straight or anything, but right. in those moments when you do really feel that way it's just such a gift.
0: Well, like the labor, you know, and delivery of your of your child, it's like, well, wow, you're just, there's moments where like the like the veil is parted and it's like you're right there and and time slows down. That flow state type of thing probably happens to us Mm -hmm. lots of different times and we, and we don't really have eyes on it, you know? So that practicing of the, of the, of just watching, that's something that's just what, Mm. that's what I've been practicing for so long. You know, all this started, like all this started with meditation for me. And then you throw a little cannabis in there and cannabis is, is I know a lot of people don't think it's a psychedelic to me. It is a full on psychedelic. And I, I love that shit, but because it connected me to my body a lot more and just that those feelings of like, oh my God, right where you're supposed to be and if I'm supposed to be somewhere else, well, we're not going to get there so <laughs> might as well just be where I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. All right, brother. I love so you, man. Good. Dude, I hope you're doing great, man. I, uh, I'm i excited for you guys to be due to move to Asheville. Beautiful place and uh, I don't know, at some point here this pandemic will wrap up and we can all hang out again.
0: Yeah. Thank you, James Clear. Thank you, listener. Hope you enjoyed that you can find links to everything we mentioned in the show notes in your podcast app or you can head over to the brand new chasereeves.co and while you're there i don't know if you know this but i have an email that i send out occasionally called the matterful monthly and it's just recommendations just some things that are important about like creating your own lifestyle of significance james has done that really well uh, do you have someone you want to see on the podcast? Holler at you, boy! There's a survey I'd love for you to fill out in the show notes. I'll link to the survey there. It helps me know like what are you up to? What are you what are you thinking about? What are you curious about? Uh, what are you working on? I actually have a bunch of bunch of responses to this that have been really inspiring to me. So the music here is provided by Petey. Thanks, Petey, and thank you. Via condios, listener.